0: Amen. Good morning again. I don't think it's too much of a stretch at the onset of this message, message uh, this morning to uh, admit to you that we uh, as a human race have an image problem. Maybe even more directed, uh, we as a, a culture here in the, uh, the United States, we can't go a week. Maybe we can't even go a day with without acknowledging that all around us we're, we're being fed um, from many sources an idea of what it, what it takes to look a certain way, what it takes to be successful, what it takes to uh, be accepted in our culture. And, and continually the image, the uh, identity of our world seeks to influence every single one of our lives. We can't walk. We can't walk through the checkout lane at Walmart or the grocery store without acknowledging that all around us there's certain images that are being uh, infiltrating our own minds, our own families, our own homes. We can't uh, change the channels on our even basic cable without the reminders continually from the world of what it takes to look apart what it takes to be successful what it takes to be better than someone else in our world a couple years ago now a bunch of years ago uh dove soap dove beauty products the only beauty products for this skin by the way (laughs) you're not supposed to laugh that was a spot for an amen Dove uh, produced a series of commercials, and uh, uh, one of their commercials, one of the, the, the ideas behind their commercials is the evolution of image in our culture. And they sought, they uh, sought in that time frame uh, to produce something that helped to identify the image problem and to kind of dispel the, Id- image, uh, uh, the idea that image is anything in our culture. I want you to watch this quick commercial. It's only a minute long. even some of uh, the presented image uh, reality around us is is not even authentic to begin with. Are, are we surprised? Do you know, do you, do you see it? Do you know of the, the possibilities of uh, creating uh, something uh, image worthy in our culture from something that uh, maybe as it's looked at would not be uh, producible, would not be something we would want to uh, advertise. Uh, can, I, can I be full disclosure here? Uh, every week as I work on our, our sermon, sermon um, uh, video, I edit out the parts that I don't want anybody to see. I'm just kidding. I don't actually do that, but I've thought about it. We live in a culture that knows how to use Photoshop. I mean, people are paid thousands of dollars to uh, produce something that's even unattainable, without, unattainable, uh, without help, right? Ours is a culture with an image problem. Again, the reality around us is that much of what we see as the suggested or applauded or or, or sought-after image isn't even uh, attainable on its own. Uh, years ago, again, uh, it was the soft drink Sprite that sought to uh, maybe influence our culture in a, a different way by producing a whole slogan and campaign uh, around the idea that uh, image is nothing and thirst is everything. Do you remember that? Uh, they sought to make sure that we all had Sprite right in our fridge and they uh, used a bunch of uh, professional athletes to help dispel the idea that it's the elite that have it made uh, they tried to make them a little more human in a pursuit of selling more product right theirs was not necessarily an idea of trying to uh, re-represent what image is in our culture they were pursuing a better profit sharing right But in reality, as we look around, as we acknowledge, I I, I think we need to understand, we need to agree that we do have an image problem. But where I think Scripture reminds us, where where, where dove and sprint or sprite uh, get it wrong, Scripture gets it right. If if those two campaigns were seeking to say that image really has nothing to do with anything, I, I want to say, and I think the words of Scripture, and I think God's heart says, actually, image is everything. Image is everything. I want you to hear that, and if you just use that little pull quote this morning, I'm going to get in trouble, right? Because in our culture, we have so elevated image, but in reality, the core of who we are as humanity, the truth that God's Word shares with us again this morning, is that image is everything. This, on our calendar today, January 19th, is National Sanctity of Human Life Sunday we're encouraged as pastors, we're encouraged in church ministry to uh, remind around this Sunday every year, remind us as humanity how valuable human life is. And so I want to take advantage of this date on our calendar this morning. And I want to go back to uh, where it all began, Genesis chapter 1, and the reminder of who we are. Genesis chapter 1, I'd love for you to turn it in your Bible if you have it this morning, or you can follow along with the Bible app. Uh, we encourage you to do that every week. You can download the Bible app and follow along with an outline that we've produced through that. You can search for the Hyde Wesleyan event and actually see today's outline in Scripture that way. Or you can follow along on the screen with me this morning. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to start reading with verse 26. And this again goes back to the sixth day of the creation of the world. From God's word, God says this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Verse 31, Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for this living text that we have again before us today. These words that are on a page, but these words that are being written every day upon our hearts. Lord, would you remind us by your word who we are? Would you instill in us a desire? to be identified in the truth of who we are. Thank you for life. Thank you for your love. Please give us ears to hear again this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning I want to quickly point out that there's an emphasis here in Genesis chapter 1 in these verses that we've read together that maybe not uh, on face value be something that we uh, identify with necessarily. As we read through Genesis chapter 1, uh, starting with verse 26, we read very quickly this idea of, uh, of an image that God has created us in. And uh, maybe we overlook it pretty quickly. And I, I want to remind you that the Bible is not actually written in English. Did you know that? The Bible's written in some original languages here in Genesis in the Old Testament, um, primarily the, the, the language of Hebrew, a very difficult language for us to learn, but thankfully, uh, many others have done some study, and the words that are used here in these opening verses of Genesis about our identity, about how it is humanity has been created, here on these pages, there's two Hebrew words uh, that are given to us that give us context clues into what is actually being said here. As you know, I like to read from the New Living Translation as I preach together on a Sunday morning because I believe the New Living Translation gives us a a great oversight of these thoughts and ideas as Scripture is interpreted for us into English. But in the Hebrew, in the original language, there's an even deeper understanding of what this means to be created in the image of God. The two Hebrew words are pretty fancy words to mention on a Sunday morning. (laughs) The Hebrew words are Teselem and Demuth. These words are used throughout the Old Testament to identify in other contexts for us to have an understanding of how these two that are translated for us this morning as image and as like us, God's words. are are better understood in the very reality of of these words, of uh, like a statue being created, of a resemblance as they're defined in other contexts. The words are used in the Old Testament to uh, remind in other contexts of the language, of how things are created, how a statue is created, or how something is made in the likeness of something else. I I think, therefore, these uh, two terms uh, of us being created in the image of God, in the likeness of God are the reminder that there's some things that we should take notice of in our lives that there should be an understanding that we should not look over so quickly within these two descriptions we have the truth that sometimes we pass right over that you and I are created in the image we are created with the imprint of our creator there's, there's a truth there that sometimes, again, we pass right over. Sometimes we uh, acknowledge it. Maybe we've written it uh, in the margins of our notes. We've maybe uh, made it into a sign and put it onto our walls. But sometimes we pass right over this truth or we pass right through the reality that humanity, human beings, men, women, boys and girls, have been created with an imprint like nothing else, an imprint of our creator. Maybe we have to make it personal. Maybe we have to make it personal and write it upon our hearts this morning. Maybe write this in your notes somewhere that I am. I am created in the image of my creator. I am an image bearer if you've studied theology, if you've read uh, at all, even a little bit about theology, there's a Latin phrase that gets translated. And uh, sometimes we like to use the Latin phrase because it makes us sound a little uh, more special than someone else, right? There's a Latin phrase, imago dei, that is translated literally, the image of God. And it, it goes back to the theology here of Genesis chapter 1 of the intrinsic value humanity has because we bear the likeness of our creator this goes for every human being born and unborn living and dead every human being bears the image of our heavenly father every man woman and child Again, it's a remarkable truth. I think we overlook and pass through. But here's where the truth of that reality really meets the road. The rubber meets the road. As we understand, I think Pastor Angel set this up so well last week. I wrote this down as she was preaching last Sunday. And I want to say it to you. I wrote it very scribbly in my notes. Who you are depends on who you know you are in a culture with an image problem maybe no more important of a phrase could be said today than who you are depends on who you know you are So in a world with an image problem, in a world that uh, seeks to sell more product by uh, increasing our awareness of specific images or uh, specific ideals in life, And in a world that understands our proclivity to being distracted by images, so uh, in a world that uses that to its own advantage and tries to come up with clever phrases and marketing gimmicks to try to diminish the reality that we are distracted by various ideals and images, let me say from God's word, image is everything. Who we are, the image we know we have, depends on how we know it to be. And so as we start with Scripture, there are some truths that are revealed with this reality that image truly is everything that we have to understand. If we are first, if we are created in the God's image, then you and I, we are different than all other creation. Let's start there. If we're created in God's image, then we are different than everything else that has been created. I know a lot of you have pets at home. You have dogs? Who has a dog? We call dogs sometimes man's best. Why? Because sometimes that dog loves us back, right? We love the dog. The dog loves us back. If you have a hamster, hamsters usually aren't man's best friend, right? Right? They're man's best salad topping. No, I'm just kidding. That's gross. (laughs) If you have cats, we don't say cats are man's best friend. We say cats need to be destroyed. Sometimes we say that, that our pets uh, love us back, right? We, that they reciprocate the love that we express uh, to them. And it's, it's pretty incredible, right? We, we, we see it, we receive it, we give them love, and sometimes they give us love back, again, unless they're cats. <laughs> But we see that reality in in, in something that does not have a a soul or life, and yet we can also express the reality that it doesn't exist in all contexts. No matter the love you and I have for any pet or any other living thing, nothing but human life has been created in the image of God. Scripture is clear. The fish in the sea, the, the scurrying little animals, we have been given a dominion over all other creation as God's image bearers. We are special. Humanity is special. Yes, uh, we can agree that all other of uh, God's creation is miraculous and awe-inspiring, even though we have to acknowledge this Even though everything we see, every sunset you've ever seen has only been viewed through the lens of post-fallen humanity. Do you know that? Post-fallen creation. Nothing that you see that you're like, oh my goodness, that's the most perfect thing I've ever experienced is not perfect because sin is in this world. Creation has been marred and broken and stained because of sin And yet, all of God's creation is miraculous and wonderful. Yeah, even spiders and snakes, if you have to think about it that way. But it is you and I as human beings, you and I as image bearers that have been given the special privilege of being created in the likeness of God, separating us forever from our pets, separating us forever from barnyard animals, separating us forever from all other creation. God chose to give His image to you and to me and valuing that fact valuing the fact that you and I have been given the image of God is being diminished every day by the world around us every day there are those in our world that would seek to move us from a, a thought that God gave us his image and rather influence some question marks we know And in some ways, the theory of evolution has taught generation after generation that we are little more than an advancement of cells, advanced piles of cells. We can have questions all day long about how God did it, but we must start right here, right now, with the core truth of God's Word that says God created us to carry His image And if we are created in the image of God, we have instant value that supersedes us from everything else, all other forms of creation. We can't just pass this off quickly. We have to start here, especially as it's less and less the commonly understood truth in the world around us. We don't have to go back very many generations To where this was, the common belief, even in our culture here in the United States. But again and again, this bearing the image of God is seemingly being sloughed away. Hidden, discouraged. Second thing we have to remember is that if we have been created in the image of God, then thankfully we have... The ability to know God personally. This is the truth about being image bearers of God. By being created in His image, we have been also given the ability to know Him personally. Our dogs and our cats, they they can't pray to seek after God. Do you know that? I I don't know how much you love your dog or your cat, your hamster, or whatever it is, they can't pray. They can't seek after their creator like we can. God has created us with a God sized vacuum as we talk about it. Scripture is clear. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3 says that God placed in the hearts of mankind, not in the hearts of barnyard animals, not in the hearts of uh, every leaf bearing plant. God has placed in our hearts the things of eternity. He has given us a mind to pursue Him, He has given us a desire to. Fill that hole that's left because of sin, because of the brokenness of humanity. God has placed inside of us a desire to know how and who made us, created us. I love it. By design, we are created to be able to know our Creator In Scripture, in the Old Testament, as creation takes place, I love the picture of God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. God being uh, in, in some form, walking with them in the garden. It's a beautiful picture of the creator of the universe desiring before the fall, before sin entered the scene. God was present with them. He was in relationship constant. They knew him in a way that we desire for again today. In the New Testament, as Jesus is teaching and walking on this earth, and he's leading his disciples to know God through this ministry, this beautiful reality, as Jesus is crucified, as he is dead, buried, resurrected, before Jesus ascends into heaven, right there before his disciples' very sight, as he, uh, before he lifts off into heaven, to prepare a place for you and me, Jesus describes the reality of someone that would be coming after he leaves. He called it the comforter, the counselor, the helper. We know it to be the Holy Spirit that leads us into relationship with God our Father. That God so desires to be in relationship with us that he gives us his presence in our life. We might, as human beings, yeah, your pastor uh, might very well desire that God would be present right here in a physical form and that I could go have coffee at Ethan's with him. We don't have that kind of presence with God in flesh. But we have that still small voice, that constant reminder, that relational aspect of God inside of us living in us leading us every day because he desires to be in relationship with us close fellowship close relationship closer than a brother proverbs says is what is offered by the presence of god in our life you are created in the image of god therefore you have the ability to know god personally He wants to be in relationship with us. Third, if we're created in the image of God, then we are truly significant. Again, let's go back to the reality that bearing the thumbprint of our Creator is no small thing. Our significance comes from being fearfully and wonderfully made? Have you been to the doctor and the doctor used words about the way your body works that blow your mind? Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever googled how the human body works? Me neither. It's crazy. The fact that you and I are breathing, that our blood is pumping, that we are not simply an advancement of cells that happened along this way we are fearfully and wonderfully made scripture says we are made in the image of our creator sadly the world continues to judge our significance not by this fact that we have significance because we bear the image of God I I read this listen to this phrase this sentence the world looks at who you are what family you come from, how much money you have, your health, your good looks or lack thereof, your connections, and above all else, your and my ability to contribute to the bottom line. If you can't make a difference, you aren't worth much to the company and out the door you go those are strong words strong reminder of the way things are in many of our necks of the wood many of our understandings in the context of our culture this is the 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 way we feel together in in some context uh, that people find their value that we find the value of people by what they contribute i want to say this as christians as Christians who acknowledge the truth that we are made in the image of God, it's you and I who need to dispel the great myth that significance or value is found in what we contribute or what we are able to do and rather focus our attention on spreading the truth that all of God's people, every man, woman, and child, every human being has ultimate significance and worth. C.S. Lewis famously wrote in his book, The Weight of Glory, these sentences. C.S. Lewis writes, You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals with whom we joke, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. In this room, there's a lot of value in God's eyes. Right here in this room, eternal significance is very real. Right here in this room, we are relating to worshiping with immortals. Remember? Remember when that term... Remember when that reality, when that reminder was at the forefront of your thought? I wish, I hope, I pray that the Christian world would remember first the significance of life valued because of the image we've been created in. That the idea of significance is where we as Christians must stake our claim in the truth that all life is valuable From issues of abortion to euthanasia, war, our culture has a backwards view of human significance. Let me say it strongly. It is the image of God that must be the basis for all civil and human rights. Realizing the significance of every human life should dictate the way we love this world and those around us. It gets personal, Let me admit to you, it's easy for me on this Sunday or any Sunday to stand before you and speak against the horrors of abortion in our culture. It makes me sick to think about the reality that, on an estimated, uh, in in a year, here in the United States, an estimated 800,000 image bearers are not given the chance to even take their first breath. It's easy. It's easy for me to see the significance of the value of human life in that conversation. In our community, it's easy for me to think about the significance of human life as, as we experience the, uh, the reality of addiction in our community. My heart breaks as I I'll work with some of your families, some in our community of the brokenness that addiction brings and the reality that these human lives are, are connected to a, a substance that they desire because they don't know better, because they're sick, because they desire something bigger than that and they don't yet know it. It's easy for me to see the value of those human lives and to have my heart broken As I identify them with the image that they have in the creation of who they are. You know where it's more difficult for me to see the value of human life? Do you know when it's more difficult for me? It's when I'm encouraged or tempted to dehumanize life. To move someone away from the reality. If I can be tricked into thinking that someone is my enemy or someone is an enemy of my country or if I'm tricked into thinking about people over there or people who I don't know or those people, if I can think of people in those kinds of terms, if I can think of humanity in a term that labels them first by their significance or their seeming significance in the eyes of my culture, you know what I'm prone to do in those instances? I'm sure this doesn't happen to you. When I'm tricked, tempted to view people not as the image bearers that they are, I am prone to being satisfied in only viewing them with their first label through a lens that dehumanizes them. Let me say it this way. This was tough for me to write. Woe to me if I lose my perspective and rejoice at the demise of any other human being, even if justice is served while neglecting the truth that every human being is made in the image of God and therefore carries immeasurable value. Can I admit some things to you? Sometimes your pastor needs reminded sometimes your pastor needs reminded maybe you'll join me in these reminders, maybe not sometimes your pastor needs reminded that the guy who enters a church in Texas to wreak havoc to take life sometimes your pastor needs reminded that that guy is made in the image of God God Sometimes your pastor needs reminded that the guy who's on trial for causing harm to children in ways none of us want to imagine that guy's made in the image of God. Sometimes your pastor needs reminded that the politician on either side of the aisle the politician that's not doing what I think is best for my family, my country, the world Sometimes your pastor needs reminded that he or she is made in the image of God. Sometimes your pastor needs reminded that the terrorist army commander, ruthless, merciless, guilty, that he too was made in the image of God. Let me be clear. I'm not suggesting that justice not be served. In fact, God calls us. We know in Scripture that God is a God of justice and mercy. It's a unique balance. These are tough conversations. These are tough realities because we are, as human beings, prone to neglecting the truth that all human life is valuable, immeasurably valuable, because... It has been created in the image of its creator. I don't like growing calloused to the reminder every day that we are in the presence, we are living on the same playing field with immortality in God's eyes. It is easy and easier to label other human beings as having no value of being dispensable because we forget the truth of who we are I think we especially as the church of Jesus Christ must be proactive in preventing the reality of forgetting whose I am Who you are, who they are, in the eyes of their creator. This, I think, is what it means to acknowledge the sanctity of human life. Born, unborn, living, and dead. There's good news. Number four, if we are created in the image of God, only he can make us new. The good news is good news. Anyone can be saved. Any person, any individual, anyone created in the image of God can release their own way and surrender to His way. There is no sinner who cannot be saved. Praise the Lord. My God's grace, I said it again this week, my God's mercy, so much better than mine he's got so much more to give than i do he is so much more grace-filled and mercy giving than i am with my words sometimes with my thoughts a lot of the time my god has an endless supply of grace and mercy he Is willing that none perish, that every person turn to him. Who am I? Who are we to write people off? To diminish the image they've been created in? To devalue them and say, Good riddance. I'm not sorry. Sin has marred the image of God in us, but it has not destroyed it. We have been given the opportunity to see who we are, whose we are, if we're willing. We have a responsibility as Christians of reminding the world of human value as we share the importance of knowing that we are as human beings created in the image of God. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 22, there's an interaction of Jesus and the Pharisees, and we've covered this recently even, where the Pharisees are attempting to trick Jesus into backing backing him into a corner, and they ask him if uh, Jews should have to give uh, their taxes to Caesar. There's a coin involved in the illustration that's taking place here in the New Testament. and Jesus asks a question in return. He says, whose image is this on this coin and whose inscription? And the answer is Caesar. It's a coin bearing the image of Caesar. And we're all probably pretty quick to be able to finish the story of what Jesus says to do. He says, give back to Caesar what is... Caesar's, what a great answer. And we often stop uh, right there in the context of this story, but what Jesus continues to say in the context of even that sentence give back to Caesar what is Caesar's. We shouldn't forget the next line and give back to God what is God's. The context of the story is using an illustration as Jesus is uh, using this coin illustration to say, you know what to do here, you know who gets what they created. And so Jesus uses the opportunity to say, give to God what is God's. Do you need to think of yourself as a coin today? Bearing the image inscribed with God's image. Made in his likeness. Bearing something significant compared to all other creation. We are image bearers of our creator. So what does God want from us? He wants it all. The Apostle Paul reminds us in the New Testament to be living sacrifices. That means to go about our business, not to surrender and hide in our basements, not to uh, go dig a hole and wait for the second coming of Jesus. We are to be living sacrifices. So that means everything that we are doing the day-to-day business, every breath that we take, we are to give that sacrificially back to God, not to uh, bloat ourselves, not to increase our pedestal, not to grow our own name, but rather to bring glory to our creator. This is only possible. This is only possible through a realization of the importance of being made in the image of God. Will you stand with me? Brother and sister, you are created in the image of God. You are different than everything else in creation. You have the ability to know God personally. You have true intrinsic value. You are significant. You are beautiful. And only God can make you new. And if He can make you new, if He can make me new, if He can make us new every day, let's not lose sight. Of what he wants to do in our neighborhood, with your neighbor, with your boss, with your coworker, with your teacher, with your friend, with your in-law, with those people we, as human beings, have been created in the image of the Creator. Let's pray. Lord Jesus. Would we understand in some small way, even this morning, the truth of that reality again? Would you remind us of the value we have because of whose we are? Would you help us to identify the truth that image is everything as we see it through you? As we know whose we are as a child of the Father, would you instill in us a desire to not lose sight of that for any other human being born, not yet born, living or no longer living, friendly or unfriendly, known or unknown, friend or stranger. Thank you for life. Thank you for the value of life. And God, thank you that your cup of grace and mercy is overflowing even now as we pray. Lord, if there would be one here today who doesn't yet know whose they are, who's still hearing the influence from so many sources around them of what it takes to be successful or beautiful or worthy... God would your Holy Spirit speak to that would you fill that gap would your love be so consuming that it overwhelms and for those of us in this room who are reminded of your love and your grace and your mercy would you help us not not to put it in the boxes that we do not to qualify it in the ways that we are so prone to do. Would you help us to see all human life as you do? Help us not to lose sight even as we pursue justice. Lord, would you teach us to grieve the ways humanity gets it wrong, the ways humanity devalues the image-bearing lives all around us, And would you help us as the body of Christ to get it right? Maybe a little more today than we did yesterday. Thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us. Thank you for this day. We praise you for who you are and whose we are. In Jesus' name. God's people said. Amen. God bless you.